following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It Podcast with Brittany Page and Jesse Dallimore. All right, everybody, welcome to the show, episode 728 of I Doubt It. I am your host, Jesse Dollimore, joined today by the lovely, talented, the scholarly Brittany Page. Well, you seem to be in a better place today than you were the last time we recorded an episode. Well, slightly better. I mean, it's I'm half vaccinated. Yay! <laughs> I don't have an applause. Celebration! Button. So it is, I mean, I still feel the the fatigue and all of that. Yeah. It's not like one, the vaccine all of a sudden cures what ails me, so to speak. No Mm -hmm. pun intended. Because it's still, you know, it's, everything's still happening. But it was very serendipitous Mm -hmm. that we got done with the show. And the next day I was informed that the VA was, was vaccinating, the Veterans Administration, 40 plus. Mm-hmm. Everybody 40 plus, and then uh, also those with pre existing conditions or meet whatever criteria. Mm-hmm. And I meet that criteria. Mm-hmm. So I called and maybe got the best service I've ever received from any <laughs> VA uh, encounter I've ever had. Mm-hmm. And they said, Well, can you be here at 2 15? Like, that's, like that, that same day that you were making the yeah, call. Yeah, that's Long Beach. Yes, I most certainly can. Mm-hmm. So. I finished eating my lunch and GTFO mm-hmm. and, and went up there and, and got the shot, which was a great experience, too. In, waited the 15 minutes in the in the little waiting area thing they had going on, and then uh, I was out. Yeah. My arm was sore. My joints were a little stiff, mm-hmm. but uh, feeling a lot better anxiety-wise that way. Mm-hmm. But still, you know, a lot. It's still a lot. Yeah, for sure. Well, and we we got an email from Brett number two, and he shared with us. I don't want to read the email because there was some personal stuff in there too. But one of the the takeaways for me was he talked about how people's lives have been changed because of this year, because of the pandemic, in a way that they're just not going to be able to return to normal when everyone is vaccinated. I agree with that. And he really reiterated that that's an important point for everybody that is looking forward to that time when they're vaccinated and they can resume normal, typical activities for their lives. There's many people who are not going to be able to do that. And I think that that is an important point to talk about. And we don't want to forget that. And we don't want to take it for granted. I think last time we talked a lot about how we feel grateful that we haven't experienced a lot of the various hardships that many people have. And I am so happy for you that you were able to get the vaccination. I know it's something that I've been waiting for when I got the the news <laughs> that you you were able to get it. I was so excited and there was this incredible sense of relief. And I know for you, you were teary on your way to go get the vaccine. Yeah, were- I was I was teary when I found out. I was teary 
while waiting to have the shot. I was teary after. I really was trying to hold it together because I don't want him to think it's some weird complication. Like, oh, what's happening? Mm-hmm. So I was really holding it together. But it was it was palpably emotional for me. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Especially since we had just talked about it on the show the day before mm-hmm. about how hard of a time at that very moment I was having. So, yeah, for sure. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Lucky. Well, and one of the key messages that I take out of this experience is that I was right. Um, <laughs> because I was trying to tell you, you cool. get your vaccine soon. What do you, what you-, you mean? <laughs> Brittany Page tooting her own horn. <laughs> well, it was it was a relief, but also I was right that you were going to get it soon. Who the next knew? day. <laughs> Who knew it would be that soon? Yeah. <laughs> so I have another appointment uh, in April, middle of April sometime, and uh, very much looking forward to it. Again, looking forward to whatever the new normal is. Yeah. So... Thanks everybody for your concern. We did. We get a lot. We get a lot of messages uh, throughout the week that are, "Hey, this isn't for the show." Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in addition to our normal listener communication, and a lot of people reached out. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate it. it. Makes me feel. It makes me feel good. It makes <laughs> me feel special. Oh, good. That people give a shit. So yeah. Uh, thank you very much. Speaking of listener communication, these are some of the listener communications that we received that were authorized. To play on the air. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Brittany. It's Kelly from New England. I am sitting in the parking lot and in Bedford, Massachusetts, outside of VA. I just got my second Pfizer shot, and I am mostly in awe. I started cheering up afterward, and I had a whole profound thing I wanted to say about, like, mass shootings in America, but I'm so overcome with emotion, I, I really don't even know uh, if I can. Um but from your last uh, podcast, it sounded like your, your next visit might be out here to New England. And if you're coming to the Boston <laughs> area, let me know. I'll give you a tour. But, yeah, I'm overcome with emotion, and I have nothing profound to say other than, oh, my God, I can't believe it's real. And, Jesse, check the VA. They're giving it to everybody of any age, at least in the Commonwealth. Okay. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Well. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. I I did check the VA. Thank you, Kelly. Not because of the call, even. I think this call came in after, but uh, it was what she's saying is right. I mean, I I don't know if it if it runs per state or region or how they're doing it, uh, because the email that I was made privy to, mm-hmm. uh, to which I was made privy, <laughs> uh, wasn't sent to me. It was sent to someone else. Mm-hmm. And it said 40 plus, so I just called the number that was in the screenshot, and they got me set set up right away. Yeah. But I didn't get that particular, because it's, you know, it's a massive organization. They don't, all their ducks aren't in a row, as they say, Brittany Page. Yeah. Well, and I think it's useful, though, to check around if you are someone who is not yet vaccinated, you want to get vaccinated. I think different states have different systems set up. I know in California, there's a a website that you can go to and be notified when it's your turn, my turn, California or something. Yeah, there's also um, like volunteer um, efforts to have people volunteer at the vaccination sites, which I also signed up for that. Mm -hmm. So if my number comes up for that, I'm still going to go volunteer Mm -hmm. uh, because they need the help. But we live in Orange County and it's a 
just a consistent clusterfuck here Mm -hmm. run by conservative ding-dongs, and they don't have their shit together here enough to have that system in place. So, Well, it's also worth asking around because that's how we found out that you were eligible for the vaccine is I actually was talking to a coworker about how you hadn't been vaccinated and he was the one who sent me the screenshot and was like, here you go. Hopefully he falls into this category. So talk to people in your, in your life about how you want the vaccine and that can kind of help when something comes up, when you become eligible, someone may alert you of something you're unaware of, which Absolutely. is what happened for us. So thanks, Kelly. We appreciate it. And um, Kelly lives in New England. She is Kelly from New England. And also Brett number two and his lovely wife, Allison. They also live in that area. So we will be uh, absolutely yes having a drink with some distant, not yet connected friends. Well, that's... <laughs> Something that we, you know, pre-pandemic have enjoyed is when we go and travel to different places, listeners will reach out and say, hey, I live here. I'd love to meet up. And We did it in New Orleans. Yeah. Sometimes they'll say, this may seem a little weird. We don't think it's weird. We love to meet up with listeners as long as they aren't the ones that, like, troll us and leave racist reviews. And uh, And also, don't kill us. Yeah, don't. As long as you're not going to murder us, then, you know, we're pretty okay with it. You will have a fight on your hands. <laughs> I know I seem docile <laughs> over over the air, but I will fight back. Oh, okay. It'll, it'll be... And now I, I'm imbued with strength because of half a vaccination. Yeah. It's going to be all over. Well, for Brett, Allison, and Kelly, they must be uh, playing the long game here if they're in there to do damage to us because... <laughs> Uh, Brett and Allison have been there from the beginning yeah. of the show. In, like they're the people we talk about. Like no connection. Weren't like friends from high school who like, oh yeah, I'll, th- I'll listen to your fucking show. Yeah, yeah. You know, so they were long time. Yes, and I don't know when Kelly started listening, but also very long time. So. They're in it for the long haul to fool us. and uh, Especially Kelly, like sending us like ba- boxes of books <laughs> and booze she sent yeah. us. That, that is the long game. Yeah. So I'm actually maybe suspicious of Kelly now. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Buttering us up with the gifts. <laughs> Guys, I'm normal. I won't do anything. No worries. <laughs> Yikes. All right. Next call. Same relative area of topic. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Brittany. This is Catherine from Mission Viejo, California calling. Um, I just wanted to call and respond to the question about feeling more optimistic after getting the vaccine. I got my second dose at the beginning of March, and um, I think I texted Brittany. I used the words um, that I openly wept afterwards um, just because of relief. Um, For some context, I am... um, a behavior health technician. I uh, work with kids with autism in their homes. Um, sometimes there's situations where the clients I work with don't wear masks themselves because they have autism and have behavioral issues or sensory issues surrounding the masks. Um, so after getting the vaccine myself, I feel like I can take a little bit of a deep breath and exhale um, when I am with those patients and also be able to help them on their skills, help them learn to tolerate wearing a mask and helping them communicate and um, all the things that they need to do to go about their day and um, be successful. And I feel like I can do that uh, a lot more easily and with a lot less um, 
I feel a lot less weighted down, to be honest. Um, so, yeah. Uh, love the show. Brittany's, of course, the best part. Bye. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. Do you feel some of that? Do you feel less weighted down? Like I said, it's not going to happen just because of the one shot. I mm-hmm. still feel the weight. Mm-hmm. It didn't just disappear, vanish because of the shot. But I I definitely feel that there's light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Which I, I was really down. I didn't like... And I, look, I'm, I'm known as the, the stupidly optimistic one, and I wasn't feeling that. Mm-hmm. So even a little bit of, of dark cloud... Is, is like, I'm not used to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like you, when you get sick, mm-hmm. you never get sick. So when you do, you think you're ready to die. You're looking on WebMD. What is this runny nose? What's happening? <laughs> yeah. Why is my brain leaking out of my head? Well, yeah. that's, it's kind of the same thing for me about being upbeat and, and positive about shit. Yeah, for sure. Well, so. <laughs> I definitely relate to that because after the second shot, I was... I was messed up. I was very sick. I mean, not sick, I guess, but my joints were hurting. I had the symptoms of illness and it was oh, yeah. it was not a good time. And yeah. I was walking around like, oh, my God, I haven't felt like this in I don't even know the last time. I and felt like they told you not to take anything for any any not feeling wellness that you would have. Yeah. Not feeling wellness. Um, because you, they want your body to to fight the fight, to to stand up on its own and and really gather its resources to, uh, to to know what to do next time. Yeah. Well, and you had some symptoms after your first shot, but you also went that same route of not taking anything, allowing your body to do what it needed to do. Yeah, my sleep, and this is the other indicator that I'm not feeling great is the fact that my sleep is now not super healthy, mm-hmm. and it happened after I, because I was drinking lots of water mm-hmm. and I woke up had to pee and then never went back to sleep mm-hmm. so there's been like two days uh, since I got vaccinated that I didn't sleep at night yeah pretty not great so mm-hmm. I'm really trying to get back in the in the groove in the in the in the groove the groove of good sleep is that not what you were looking for well, you know whatever <laughs> whatever works it works all right uh, last call about the this particular topic, about COVID and about the vaccine, I guess. Um, but this is an idea call. Oftentimes, idea calls are not great. Uh, this one... Uh, <laughs> what? Well, you know, I get... Maybe not idea calls, but certainly idea... Yeah, that's a dick thing to say. Yeah. What a dickhole. <laughs> um, a lot of the ideas that you guys have are well, not I, great. Well, I get a lot of idea emails for the YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Well, you should do this. I hate that you're doing this. You're just like, what the? They, they criticize what I'm wearing. They criticize how I comb my hair mm-hmm. and tell me how I should do it. Bad. Like, what the? What? What is happening right now? I don't give a fuck about what you think about my haircut. Yeah. Go away. This. Yeah. So I'm conflating two things. Yes, you are. For sure. Anyway, good idea in this call. Hey guys, it's Carissa again. Sorry. Um, okay, so first thing you have to change the um, voicemail thing because it still says I got it with Dollamore instead of I got a podcast. That's not the idea, but oh, that's also something that I need to do. <laughs> <laughs> I will let uh, Carissa continue. Uh, second thing, I guess you noticed that when you like habitually call in all the time. Um, <laughs> 
you know what? I know we didn't do the Thanksgiving week like I do anything. I know you guys didn't do the Thanksgiving thing because, like, everybody was kind of down and da-da-da. But I was just thinking, like, the other day I had, like, a breakdown on my way home from work listening to, like, older pop music because me and my friend used to sing it on road trips, which we haven't been able to do and I haven't been able to see her because she lives far away, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so, I, like, like, little things are, like, causing a breakdown. But it started getting me thinking, like, what I'm looking forward to when the um, – when the, the before times return. Um, so I was wondering maybe maybe this audience would be interested in, like, doing an episode all, like, a positive thing of where we all call in and say, you know, I'm really looking forward to this and make it, like, a really happy, happy thing. Um, anyway, that's my suggestion. You can put this on the air or not. I don't care. Anyway, love you guys. Um, Brittany's the best part. Bye. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. I think it is a beautiful idea. So we are going to move forward with that. And if you are interested, please send a voice memo or a voicemail, um, preferably in like a quiet, soundproof room, like a recording studio. If you could go to a recording <laughs> studio. No, I'm, I'm kidding. But try to make it the best audio quality you can. Preferably, you would email uh, a voice memo from your smartphone. Yeah. And email it to idoubted at, do- at uh, com. However... Voicemail would be good too. Yeah. Just again, quiet place. Don't do it while you're wa- driving into work, and we hear the your turn signal on and the the noise from the car. The other thing about it is, we're only going to do this if we get responses. So if you do it, you send it in, and we don't get enough, then you just sent some positivity into the universe. We'll say, mm-hmm. and it's not going to air, but. If we get enough, this will absolutely be something that we could do. I think it would be a great episode. For sure. On the heels of getting back to normal. So like Carissa said, send in a message about what you're looking forward to. And we will put those together and create kind of a Thanksgiving episode type thing. When you send it in, if you could in the subject line, write looking forward. That way we know it's for the looking forward to segment. And we can put those all in one place and start kind of creating that episode. So great idea from Chris. I think it would be really nice to kind of have some positivity and and hear about what people are looking forward to. For sure. All right. Again, those numbers, 657-464-7609. And email those voice memos to idoubtit at dollamore.com. I Doubt It is an independent podcast supported by listeners like you via Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as $2 a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you find the show informative, entertaining, or both... Go to dollamore.com slash Patreon and choose the contribution level that's right for you. Well, thank you to our new Patreon supporter, MG. MG. And Martin H. Martin H. MG and MH. I know. (laughs) (laughs) You notice that there is oftentimes a theme or a connection among the new Patreon supporters. And there we have another instance of that. Cosmic energy. Yes, meant to be. (laughs) So thank you for your support. We very much appreciate it. Uh, We're getting pictures of where your stickers are ending up, and it's very fun to see all the different places that they are. Finally, after seven years, people are starting to actually do what we goddamn ask. Yeah. Um, you it, just shot me the, uh, come on, dude. I, you know, I let you be you on the show, Jesse right. D. Well, I thank think, you. I think it's important that you are who you are. What? 
Views and opinions expressed by Jesse Dollarmore are solely those of Jesse Dollarmore and do not reflect the views and opinions of Brittany Page, who is a far superior person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and analysis. You know, it's funny because I can't ever tell when you're going to play it because there's times where I'm sitting here listening to you and you say something and I'm like, oh my God, I hope he plays the disclaimer. I want him to play the disclaimer. You've never asked me to play it. And then you don't play it. And then you play it sometimes. I'm like, I don't really even need that played right now. That's not something that's relevant. Well, maybe we need to get you a disclaimer button. Well, we've been talking about how I need access to the buttons for a long time, but it doesn't seem. Do you I mean, want it? If you it, really it want seem access, feasible. No, we technologically we can make it happen. If you really want access to the buttons, if you want to play the play, playa. That's a <laughs> that's Dr. A lo- Drew. That's yeah. an old love line drop. <laughs> we have dumb inside things that we talk about. Uh, if you really want access, I will. We'll make this happen. I mean, if I could, if I could let the audience, if we could do this live and have the audience play drops, that would really take a load off. But that seems a little, that's more of a stretch. Yeah. Well, maybe you should create, and this used to be a thing, because I was a Loveline super fan. There was a website that you could go to where they had mm, uh, like a soundboard. Yeah, they had a, a soundboard, and you would click on it, and it was all the different Loveline drops. And sometimes I would just go to that website and click on the different drops and like laugh to myself. It was really a sad time for me. So well, the, the only problem with that is I've never isolated comments that I've made. Oh. It's always comments that you make. I'm not prepared. Oh, okay, bro, don't come at me. We, you know. Yeah, we don't need to go through them. Hey, fuckers, I'm trying to talk here. <laughs> you know. Is he is he fucking listening to himself yeah, right now? And that's the last one. I sound there. very angry in all of those drops. Well, that's why I isolated them because they're so great. So, well. Look at you with your fucking jokes. <laughs> it's also usually when you curse because it's so rare. Yeah. On the show. Sure, <laughs> sure. So we need to remedy that. We need to start getting drops. A of, listener's going to have to do that. Of you saying something. Yeah, nah, I'm not doing that. Okay, well, going forward, we'll be more Listen, mindful. everybody has access to the MP3 of the show. Yes. It gets delivered to them, or however the technology works. And so. from the very beginning, from episode one to episode... Well, that's quite enough. <laughs> that's 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 quite enough. Okay. Anyway, we love you guys. Thanks for all your support. I guess we're getting back to the show now. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, as always, 657-464-7609. I doubt it at dollamore.com. Dollamocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So kind of sticking with the theme here about the vaccine and uh, the coronavirus, it's being reported right now. They're doing polling and, and, and they're reaching out to uh, like Trump supporters and who's hesitant to get the vaccine and who's eager. And it seems that right now, like 50 percent of Republican men are saying, "Nah, I'm good. And this is challenging some of the ideas early on when the vaccines came out about people of color being particularly hesitant when it came to vaccines because of history of mistreatment yeah. from uh, me- the medical field in in the past and today. And now we're seeing because of these surveys that it's actually white Republicans, white Republican men that are topping the list of people who are saying I'm not getting a vaccine. This is something that you noticed early on um, as just an observation, so anecdotal, but 
you'll see a couple walking down the street and the woman is masked and the man isn't. Mm-hmm. Like, very common. Yeah. And um, a CNN reporter went out to some Trump rally support thing. Those are still happening. Trump supporters are still... He's not in office anymore. He's not running for office th- yet. And they're still flying their Trump flags like morons out at public parks and shit. <laughs> and here he's talking about this vaccine hesitancy and why they say they're not going to take the vaccine. Have you guys got your vaccine yet? I will no, not never going to take the vaccine. Why do I want somebody to push something onto me and it's not? I'm perfectly healthy and fine. We're not going to die from it. And you know what? If we do, then it was our time to go because we believe in God. <laughs> Former President Trump's team quietly announced at the start of March that Trump had taken the COVID-19 vaccine at the White House in January. Me right now, On Tuesday, he told Fox News... I would recommend it, and I would recommend it to a lot of people that don't want to get it, and a lot of those people voted for me, frankly. But, you know, I, again, we have our freedoms, and we have to live by that. Trump takes credit for the vaccine. Yeah, he's giving them what they want. I think people are so brainwashed, they need to get a vaccine just so they get on with their lives again. At a gathering of Trump supporters in Ventura, California in February, hardly anyone said they were going to take the vaccine. Some didn't even think Trump would take it. So you're not going to take the vaccine? Absolutely not. What if Trump came out and said, please, please take this vaccine? No, I don't believe he'll take it. Vaccine hesitancy, in part fueled by dangerous misinformation, is higher among Republicans and Trump voters than other parts of the U.S. population. Speaking at this event was Judy Mikovits, a discredited researcher and known peddler of dangerous misinformation about COVID-19. A lot of people will say the message you're spreading of anti-masks, anti-vaccine is dangerous. And and every piece of data says it's not dangerous. Has the mask helped you? No. You're going to get sick with a bacterial infection. Mikovits is wrong. The CDC and science says masks do work. Dr. Judy Mikovits was the star of Plandemic, a video that went viral on YouTube and Facebook last year, which was full of false claims about the coronavirus. And now false claims about the vaccine spreading on and offline. Fear-mongering using false information about debt rates. And posts like this falsely claiming people over 60 need to be monitored for weeks after getting their shot. Are you planning on taking the vaccine? Yes. You are? I have an elderly father. He's 93 years old. I have to take it. I don't want to get him sick. I don't want to get somebody else's mother and father sick. You're the first person to tell me you're going to take the vaccine. Serious? Yeah. I think that a lot of the people who are angry and say they don't want to take the vaccine, a lot of them are more angry at the establishment of the lockdowns. So they take they take their anger in different directions. Mm. And they may say, screw the vaccine, screw all Dr. Fauci, all that other stuff. I think a lot of them, out of anger, say stupid things. Yeah. But I really believe that a lot of everyone knows that this is real. Yeah. And it was a contributing factor to my mother's death three months ago. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Thank you. A conservative voice condemning vaccine misinformation, QAnon, and other dangerous conspiracy theories. But on the Ventura Promenade, as on the national stage... It wasn't long before it got drowned out. CNN, they're fake news. Why would you talk to a libertarian? He lies 24-7. I've seen this guy before. Fake news. He's even probably framing you to look small, right? I was basically speaking up for the conservatives. And I'll be honest with you, I don't like CNN, but I'm talking to you because I want to get my point across. 
Uh, let me say what I'm very happy with here. And there's a lot here that I'm happy with. One, they need more Irish reporters. <laughs> Good accent. Uh, but actually, I'm very happy that he didn't pull any punches about Judy Mikovits, the, the, the plandemic lady. Mm-hmm. That he called her a discredited researcher and known peddler of misinformation. And then after they played her clip of her yammering, he says, Mikovits is wrong. Yeah. Just flatly. She's wrong. Yeah. Pretty good. Surprising that she would be wrong as she stands there telling him that she, he's going to get a bacterial infection. <laughs> like, what are you... You haven't heard about the epidemic of bacterial infections because of millions of people wearing masks? Brittany Page? Come on. I mean... You haven't heard about all of the bacterial infections in Asia where they steadfastly wear masks during flu season? I have not heard about that. And it is very unfortunate that this woman was somehow able to appeal to a a number of people when the pandemic came out. And apparently she's still going to speaking engagements. So at the park in Ventura County. Very disturbing. (laughs) It is um, very strange that these people come up with their like, no, I don't. He's not going to tell. Here's what I think Trump did. Trump had to do this and that because of X, Y, and Z. The follow-up should be, well, why do you believe that? What, what, what evidence do you have to back up that claim? Right. There is none. It's just, that's how I feel. That's what I think. Knowing, well, the other thing is, Donald Trump did take the vaccine. Secretly. In secret, he took the vaccine at the White House in January. Didn't tell anybody. Because Donald Trump doesn't care. He loves the division. He loves the fact that there there are lines being drawn across the party that there are skeptics that that that, that disinformation and that uncertainty is what fuels his popularity. Yeah, and unfortunately you have people like Senator Rand Paul who Ugh are aiding this effort to increase the vaccine hesitancy, to increase people's um, anti-mask stances when he argues with the most cited (laughs) infectious disease expert in the country um, being a non-board certified, what is he, an ophthalmologist? Ophthalmologist. And so... But he's not certified with the actual... Uh, certifying board. He's he's certified by his own thing he created, like the American League of Ophthalmology or something. Something he created. Really? Is what he's, yeah. Very weird. Like he bucked against the government system, so he created his own certifications. I mean, seriously, every time I watch that fucking idiot talk, it it really... I understand why his neighbor tried to beat the shit out of him in his lawn. Well, I just had a great idea. (laughs) I think that we should create an award show for the best podcast and then give it to ourselves. And that way we can be the best podcast ever created. Our own award show. Mm. That would be pretty easy. Just buy some website. You know what? I think... I don't know, but I think it's very possible we're going to be up for an award very soon, Brittany Page. Perfect. <laughs> so talking about some of this, the um, NPR Marist poll that recently came out this month, I believe it was March 11th, they asked if a vaccine for the coronavirus is made available to you, will you choose to be vaccinated or not? If you have already received the vaccine, please say so. 
And in asking this question, 49% of Republican men said no, they will not receive it. I just don't get it. And 40% of white men without a college degree said no, will not take it. Now it's coming coming into focus. A little bit more focus. A little bit. Donald Trump loves the poorly educated. Well, and he's been encouraged to go on and say to his supporters, please get the vaccine. Take the vaccine. There's been pressure on him to say that. And I believe he did go on Fox News. (laughs) And in a mumbling, lot of extra words, not really necessary in the statement, he did say it. I don't know how convincing it's going to be, given the the way that he did state it. In the following sentence, he he takes away from it. Well, you know, we got freedoms and stuff, though. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I mean, it's what he does the same thing so people can say, well, he did encourage them. Yeah, but in the next fucking breath, he talked about how everybody has the freedom to choose whether or not to. It's not a it's not an absolute explicit endorsement of the vaccine. He doesn't say, look, I got the vaccine. Very safe. Absolutely. You should get it. Period. Yes. There's always this extra giving people space to, you know, practice their liberties. My liberty, don't tread on me, y'all, with your vaccines and your RFID chips. Yes, and I think that it would have been more beneficial for him also to go through the reasons that one would need to get a vaccine, but he is not interested right. in that. He doesn't or- care about public health. He he doesn't. <laughs> he's not educating himself on these issues. This was part of the problem with him as the leader of this country, is he, he doesn't care about those things. He cares about himself, what's in his best interest, and, and that's it. End of the line. And listen, it's not just Donald Trump. I mean, obviously, we are rid of Donald Trump. From in a leadership capacity and really from a, a public relations capacity because social media is taken away and apparently he's a mute without social media. But Fox News is also taking part in this. Fox News is also um, banging on about masks and not wearing masks and how they do no good and, and how we need to open up the country and people are dying, not we're talking about the actual people who are dying, but the people who may die because of some ancillary thing. And then th- this week... They're also dog whistling and appealing to QAnon arguments about the border. It is, it's coming to a fever pitch with Fox where they're having to, they're having to, to amp up the crazy game because they've got OAN, One America News, and now they've got Newsmax nipping at their heels for the ratings. So they're doing things like this. Appealing to actual QAnon people. One thing. So I spoke to somebody, a former government official yesterday who had uh, some expertise in this area of human trafficking. And I said, how would you describe it? And she said, this right now, it's happening at the border, in her mind, could be the largest human trafficking event ever in the history of the world. It's an extraordinary thing to say. I mean, just on its face. And it's not just sex trafficking. It's like, it's the slave labor Mm -hmm. and that you're tracking constantly. And you you are not your own individual self. You will be controlled by these people if you can't get a handle on it. There's another aspect. I mean, it's appealing to, by the way, that was Dana Perino. Dana Perino and Bill Hammer. Dana Perino, former press secretary for George W. Bush. Yeah. And Bill Hammer used to be considered kind of like a, a straight news person, I believe. Like, he wasn't a Hannity. He wasn't a Bill O'Reilly. He wasn't a Tucker Carlson. He was on the news side for sure. And, and he still is. This is a news show. 
yeah, I guess that is true. Now that I'm saying it and thinking about it, it is supposed to be a new show <laughs> that they're doing, but it feels very much like they got tossed to on Tucker Carlson's show. Yeah, it's not just sex slave and, and slave labor. It's you're going to be controlled by these people. What? Well, and it's appealing to some of the conspiracies that exist in conservative circles, particularly ones I've heard from conservatives in California from relatives, <laughs> which is... I mean, I should be crying, not Which chuckling. is a belief that the border is going to be overrun and you're going to need a generator. You're going to need weapons to protect yourself. Oh, yeah. They're going to take control. So when she's using that language about you're, you're not going to have control... That's really what she's feeding into is some of these conspiracies. And also this nebulous language about these it is. people. It is. Those. Uh, yes. uh, what does this mean? Right. Rather than report on the fucking news because you're a reporter. You're on a news show. Right. You use this scary. Uh, who knows what's going to happen? I'm talking to some people who are saying some things about this is going to be the largest human trafficking event in the history of the world. Ah, scary. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, you're talking in code, and that's... Code that is clearly understood by QAnon people. Yeah, and that's not what you want from a news show. I mean, it's what some people want from a news show, I guess. Because it makes QAnon them, people. Yeah, reinforces <laughs> what they believe. So, uh, we're... I mean, well, listen, we're up against... We're up against it relative to the propaganda. We're up against it relative to trying to bat down these nutter-butter ideas that have infiltrated... On a massive scale, this isn't like 9-11 was an inside job and there was like a, a fringe element who believed it. We're talking about millions of people who took it upon themselves to violently insurrect at the Capitol. Mm -hmm. Is insurrect a word like that? I, I think so. It seems who, right. Who acted in insurrection, insurrective ways. Insurrection-y, I think, is the technical <laughs> Insurrection-esque. Yes. Let's go with that. Yeah. Uh, and people died. There was a tr an attempt to overthrow the government, to overthrow a free and fair election, largely by these right-wing reactionary and conspiracy nutters. And now Fox News, rather than just outright condemning it, they're coding their language around mm -hmm. those beliefs. Yeah. Crazy. Well, and it's hard to know how to fight it at this point. I see all these articles about family members who have lost family members to QAnon. They'll talk about it as though they've like lost yeah. a family yeah, member. Yeah, that's true. That is how it's framed. It's like a disconnection. We don't know how to get them back. We don't know what happened to them. They believe all these crazy things that we don't know how to convince them aren't true. And it's damaging relationships. And Fox News... They just want the ratings. They want to keep that fear going. They want to feed into it because it, it keeps those people watching the show. Yeah. We'd love to know what you think. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtus at dollamore.com. Taking care of biz. Stockton Economic Empowerment Demonstration, or SEED. Well, I usually just repeat it, but I Stockton 
economic economic empowerment empowerment demonstration demonstration seed <laughs> seed is easy seed is easy it is an organization that was founded by the former mayor of Stockton, Michael Tubbs, and it's funded by donors. And this organization gave 125 people living in neighborhoods at or below Stockton's median household income an unconditional monthly stipend. This means no strings attached. $500 a month. And then researchers looked at the differences between people who were receiving the $500 a month and those who were not receiving the $500 a month. And Michael Tubbs went on with PBS and summarized some of the uh, findings of this experiment. And they shouldn't be surprising to people because these findings are what you typically find in experiments where you are giving people a basic income. But I think he summarizes it very well. So here is Michael Tubbs on how the results went. So Michael Tubbs, there was the experiment the whole country was talking about. What happens when you give $500, no strings attached to people? What did you find? We found that, number one, people did not stop working. In fact, we found that those that received the guaranteed income were more likely to find full-time employment and were less likely to be unemployed than they were before the guaranteed income, but also in comparison to the group of folks in the control group who unfortunately did not receive the guaranteed income. We also saw that no surprise that the $500 allowed people to be better able to handle emergencies when they came up to deal with income volatility. And then we also found that health, mental health impacts from something as small as $500. We saw that depression decreased. We saw that cortisol levels decreased. We saw that stress and anxiety decreased. And, and according to the Kessler scale, comparable to clinical trials of Prozac, which doesn't mean that medicine isn't important, but I think it does mean that economic insecurity has a huge mental health cost. And so much of the anxiety and stress we see is due to economic insecurity. And then we also saw that people were better able to do the three things government's designed to allow people to do, be better parents, be better partners, and be better neighbors. They said they could breathe, that they were happy, or they had space to think about things other than meeting their basic necessities. And I'm incredibly proud of those findings. I should mention that this data looks at the year that ended right about when COVID started. So one of the critiques that people who are against any kind of guaranteed income always say is, you know what, how are these people going to spend this money? They're going to buy drugs. And as you pointed out, they weren't lazy, that they actually went out and got jobs or they were more likely to be working. But what did they spend the money on? And this is my favorite part. Well, all of it's my favorite, but this is the question we get the most. And I, everyone turn up the volume, make sure we get this one. <laughs> folks spend money the way you and I spend money because the folks in their program were people like, like you and I. So they spend their money on necessities, on their car, on um, childcare, on bills, on housing, on food. The largest expenditure every month before the pandemic and, after, and during was always food. And less than 2% of money was spent on drugs and alcohol. And what's fascinating to me is that I've probably answered this question more over the past two years than Congress has had to answer in terms of the $2 trillion in government dollars we gave in tax cuts in 2017. I've gotten more questions about the million dollars in philanthropic money 
that how that money was spent than two trillion dollars of all of our dollars that went to the richest among us um, due to the 2017 tax cuts. And I guarantee you, my folks spend money better. Well, I think that there's several important things that he touched on, given the criticisms that people have for guaranteed income, which is how are people going to spend the money? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Are they still going to work? Are they going to be buying more booze and drugs? Aren't you just going to be supporting negative habits? Aren't you going to be supporting laziness? These are all the criticisms that you hear. And when you hear him summarize the data, you can you can hear that those criticisms are not based on evidence. It seems it's as though people think that poor people, that if you give them extra money, all the money that they make normally, that they have normally, covers all their bills. And if you were to give them extra money, (laughs) it would be spent on extra extraneous drugs and alcohol rather than shoring up the rest of the bills and the the living expenses that they have. It's it's a weird, the homeless want to be homeless kind of an argument. Yeah, and I I think we were having this conversation earlier this week, Jesse, where we were talking about the idea of the image of how our life is supposed to look and what we've always been sold here in America specifically in terms of getting a job where you work eight to five every day, you have the weekends to yourself, and that's supposed to be like the ideal life is you have a job, you work eight to five, you make enough money to cover your bills and you work until you're old and then you retire. And then hopefully you have a decent amount of time to still like travel and do things you want to do. And then you're dead. Right. And I think a lot of people are starting to rethink this image of the ideal life and what is going to be most fulfilling. And a lot of people are starting to think, Working in an office from eight to five is maybe not the ideal life. Working to make someone else super fucking rich isn't maybe the ideal life. Yeah, Yeah. and not everyone has the opportunity to step out of that, but I think a lot of people are starting to rethink it, and you see it in progressive circles particularly. I mean, that's why this idea of UBI giving people at least a base level income where they can then work up, it's about creating more fulfillment so that you're not always terrorized by life and living on the edge and then somehow blaming yourself for that failure or yourself for a lack of fulfillment when you're always fighting just to survive and just to scrape by. And I want to talk a little bit about the employment aspect of this because some people may find it surprising. You got an extra $500 and you were able to uh, like work. More people found employment because they were getting $500 a month? How, yeah, yeah. how does that work? But in this study, um, participants with a full-time job rose 12 percentage points versus 5 percentage points in the control group. The control group, of course, being the people who didn't get $500 yeah. a month. That's a, that's a substantial difference. And the researchers suggest that this is because getting the additional funds created a capacity for setting goals, taking risks, taking risks and investing in yourself personally, just like personal investment. Sure, sure. And those seem like beneficial things that uh, pull yourself up by the bootstraps types would be supportive of. Risk-taking, goal-setting. If that's really what they cared about, <laughs> yes. But they're not entering into the argument or the discussion in good faith. Well, another thing I liked, they um, Annie Lowry did a write-up on this study in The Atlantic, and she interviewed a participant who noticed that he became more civically and politically engaged 
and thought about what was happening from a political perspective, particularly related to how people view low-income households. And he was quoted in this article as saying, quote, it's like it's a big game. These people are living with a silver spoon talking, but how about you walk this life? Have you ever even seen it? And so this money was also creating time for people to start thinking just outside of the next minute, yeah. the next hour, the next day trying to get by, it's starting to think, okay, what is happening in my life? How can I get more fulfillment? How can I dedicate more time to the things that I enjoy? And that seems like it's better for people. Yeah, well, that's also another reason why the right and conservatives are going to buck against this is because if you start to empower, politically empower, or uh, uh, give people a space enough and, and a motivation to, to politically organize, mm -hmm. Republicans aren't going to stand a fucking chance because if poor people actually started voting en masse, uh, there would be a sea change relative to policy in this country. And uh, even Democrats conservative Democrats, I'm tired of saying moderate Democrats, people mm. like Joe Manchin, who are just Republicans, they wouldn't stand a chance anymore, especially in a state like West Virginia that is very poor, mm -hmm. has a population that isn't above the poverty line. Mm -hmm. So more power to it, uh, but it absolutely is going to create uh, natural enemies to this type of policy. And listen... We, I'm not fully even advocating for UBI, like, this will definitely do it. Let's see what the numbers say. Let's go where the data leads us. You know, that's, that's what we should all be doing, is seeing what the results are of this, analyze all of the data, and, 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 and go in that direction. Because mm -hmm. we can afford it. We can afford it. We, we were running $1.5 trillion deficits during... Economic boom times with Donald Trump and Republicans didn't say a fucking thing. But now there's just a Democrat in office. It's all of a sudden, oh, oh, we can't do it. What about the children? What about the deficits? It doesn't matter. We, we haven't experienced inflation since like the 70s. Mm -hmm. Not anything market, you know, like a, a problematic type of inflation. And we could dump $3 trillion, $5 trillion, $10 trillion into the system, and we're not experiencing the kind of inflation that we see run away across the globe because we have an economy that is diversified and huge and can take it. Well, and like you said, following the evidence, listening to the evidence, Michael Tubbs is wanting to find more evidence. And so he created a group, Mayors for a Guaranteed Income, and they are extending this initiative nationwide. Cities from Compton to Newark are going to start giving low-income residents yeah. cash and uh, collecting data on the results. And hopefully this will be something that starts to convince people, although that remains to be seen. And also, it's 500 bucks a month. Yeah. It's not like they're buying a house with this. This is scraping by money. <laughs> well, I like how you're like, it's not like they're buying a house with this. It would be great if they could. No, of but course, but that's what I'm saying. It's only 500 bucks a month, and even that much is making a difference. Yeah, yes, a, a big difference. Yeah. Anyway, taking care of biz, the Stockton Economic... Empowerment. Empowerment. Demonstration. Demonstration. Seed. Stockton Economic Empowerment Demonstration. You know, it should just be Michael Tubbs. We should just, it's Michael Tubbs. Michael Tubbs taking care of biz. Michael Tubbs. Yep. Maybe we should get him on the show. 
That would be great. I'm sure he's on the Twitter. Yeah, he is. I just followed him today. All right. Mm-hmm. Another good follow related to this kind of thing is uh, the Reverend uh, Hubba Dubba Da. William Barber. William Barber from the Poor People's Campaign. Yes. He, Something that's very close to Britney's heart. Yes, he's very fiery. I love wearing my shirt. I have a Poor People's Campaign shirt. You, you wore it yesterday. Yes, and it says, fight poverty, not the poor. I also have a giant button on my um, purse that I carry around, so I'm always repping for <laughs> the Poor People's Campaign. But it's funny to walk around here in Orange County like I was at Trader Joe's and... Sometimes I catch people staring, like trying to read the shirt, you know, so it's good. Hopefully they're not just staring at the tits. Um, It is Orange County. So, I mean, uh, I guess. Would this be a place for the disclaimer? (laughs) No, (laughs) my hope would be that they are looking at the message of the shirt and then following the poor people's campaign. So. Very likely they are. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We're going to end it there. We'd love to hear from you. 657-464-7609. Of course, as always, as always, as always, email us a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Use those pieces of contact information if you are interested in us doing a segment on a show about what are people going to do? What are they looking forward to getting back to normal life, whatever normal may look like? Um, we want to hear from you. Uh, Carissa, Long-time listener, the beautiful and wonderful and loyal Carissa. This is an awesome idea. Listener-created idea, and we want to see where it goes. So 657-464-7609. I doubt it. At dollamore.com. We love you guys. We'll see you next time. Until then, for Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It.